Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Aligned Women podcast. Before we get started with today's episode on knowing when to hire an assistant, I want to let you know that if you are in the ramp up phase of practice right now, meaning you are relatively steady, you're seeing quite a few people now, but you're feeling the weight of doing it all on your own, then the Elevated Women Mastermind is just for you. This mastermind will help you to start delegating more in your practice. This mastermind will help you to not feel so overwhelmed, but actually go from surviving practice to thriving in practice. And truthfully, you'll probably also start to earn more money (laughs) with implementing what we teach you in this mastermind as well. So if you'd like to essentially be able to work less see more people, and make more money, then the Elevated Mastermind is for you. Be sure to fill out an application now because application deadlines are January 31st, 2019. And you can find the application at alignedwomen.com forward slash elevated. Welcome to the Aligned Women Podcast, a podcast to empower women in chiropractic to grow practices that work for their families. I'm Dr. Danielle Eaton. And I'm Dr. Shauna Dingman. We're two moms who are navigating the journey of life and practice just like you. So sit back, take a deep breath, and enjoy the show. Welcome to a new episode of the Aligned Woman podcast. I can't believe this is episode 86. Danielle, how you doing? I'm good. Yeah, I can't believe this is episode 86. Not that there's anything particularly special about 86, but I think we started podcasting together at episode 45 or 46. Yeah. Yeah. So we've done 40 episodes. That means 40 weeks. That's almost a full year. <laughs> That's amazing. We've been consistent. It's been awesome. Yes. That's one of the biggest takeaways for me from High Performance Habits, the book, is consistency over the long term. And I don't think that I wasn't aware of that before, but it just really drove that point home to me that we have to do the same things over and over and over and over for the long term to be able to expect to see results from them. And that's exactly what we tell our patients, right? You do the right thing and then you give it time and you wait to see the results. Yeah. So, okay. Scale of one to 10. How's your day going? Oh, I am going to give it a nine. I would be a 10 if I hadn't woken up this morning going, man, I'm a chiropractor. And I woke up thinking, what happened while I was sleeping? My neck, it feels so sore and achy today. But other than that, I'd be a 10. I did too. I woke up this morning and the first thing I thought of was, oh, I've got to get adjusted. Luckily, (laughs) I have a husband, a chiropractor who sleeps right next to me and a table in our living room. But yeah, and I had this great big line. I bet you can still see it on my face, a massive sleep line from my pillow. And even when I came into the office this morning and started seeing patients, it was still there. Like I had just gotten up half an hour earlier and I'd been up for hours. So yeah, last night must've been a crazy night of sleep. So I don't see a line on your face, (laughs) but I'm going to take that as a a sign that you got some good sleep last night. I did not actually, but It's still a good day. All right. So our topic today is when to hire an assistant. This is such a great topic. It's, it's a good one. It's one that we get asked a lot. And I think people tend to fall into two camps. Either people start off way too early with an assistant and have that overhead 
and the the burden of responsibility of paying for an assistant and adding to the expenses of the office when they didn't need to, or (laughs) they're trying to do everything themselves, running themselves ragged, and they need an assistant, but just haven't gotten to that point of hiring one. So how do we find the happy medium? How do we find that middle ground, knowing when the right time is and sort of getting it done just before the need becomes dire? Yeah, that's the problem. I think that a lot of women, especially wait until they are so overwhelmed with doing it all on their own that they almost, no, not almost, they do struggle to find the time to even work on finding the right person to start building a team with. So that's really challenging, but you know, in order to continue to grow and really even to be able to maintain the practice volume that you're at in that phase, you have to find someone. So you just have to make time. You have to carve it out somehow to be able to sit down, create a job description, create a job listing, decide where you're going to start posting the job listing. Um, and then hiring. Well, first you've got to be interviewing them, right? So you, you have to carve out the time. Ideally we'd be able to do this. Like you said, before we get to that point where we're so swamped that it's even hard to make the time to find the right person. Yep. So you and I have always kind of had a bit of a rule of thumb that somewhere around 50 or 60 patient visits a week is typically a time where a person needs help in the office. Yeah. What do you think about that? With all the different technology and automation that's available to us now and lots of us using systems like JNAP where there's a lot of online capabilities, do you still think that that's probably the set point or, you know, a reasonable set point to be thinking of an assistant? I do. I feel like that is a point where you could bring on some kind of support, whether it's a virtual assistant or someone that's actually in your office with you physically, so that you don't get to the point where you're so overwhelmed that you can't even figure out how to make the time to dedicate to hiring someone. Um, But I do think that's an important point that you don't, in this day and age, you don't have to hire an employee. You could find a virtual assistant who you can delegate tasks to, like your social media posts, which you do. <laughs> and that person can work for you as a contractor. And then you don't have the expense of employee taxes um, and all the other things that go along with payroll. Yeah, and I think that... Um... At, even at that point, at 50 or 60 people a week, you don't, you don't have to have somebody sitting at a front desk anymore. It's, I think practice is just the, the way the whole technical side of practice now is set up that you don't necessarily have to have a face out front. For me, I personally, I, I don't see a day where I will ever have a front desk assistant anymore. And a lot of that is based on the style of practice that I have set up. And we've talked about this in past podcasts because of the the different businesses that I have, my chiropractic business will never be more than 20 hours a week for me, which is 10 hours of clinical. So I don't want somebody sitting at a desk, but I do see the need for an assistant. And I don't necessarily even see the need for one person to be the assistant. So what you just mentioned is a really important point. I pay somebody right now to do my, it's not just social media posting, it's little things like all of my workshops for the year, she's got them set up on Eventbrite. She has created the actual paper ticket. So when, when people are getting their results review and they're getting their, their package of all their results summaries, 
one of the things I do is I actually slide in a, a paper copy of an actual ticket to the next. So I'm doing Eat by Design tonight, for example. So everybody who's new will get a paper copy of that and I put them into Eventbrite. So she designs that kind of thing. She, um, she can work in ConvertKit, which is my CRM, like MailChimp, for example. So she mm-hmm. can work in that realm to make sure that patients are tagged properly um, and that they're getting in the right funnels, for example. She can set up funnels. So she does a variety of things, a variety of things other than social media, but it's all kind of along the same amount. I was just thinking too that one of the other things now I'm at the point that I think would be useful is either having her or, again, it doesn't have to be her, it can be somebody else, just setting up all the administrative side of new patients. So there've been a, there's been a lot of new patient traffic recently and it takes me a long time to do their reports by the time I read their x-rays and do the x-ray reports and put their whole package together to have somebody on the other side of it who will just set up all the appointments in the system and put the notes in the profile about their um, their treatment plan that would also be really helpful all of those things we would have had a front desk assistant doing but now I see those as separate jobs that two different people could potentially do. So you can have different people doing different jobs. Uh, You know, someone who can do graphic design, if you've got a graphic designer, they can also be somebody who can be doing kind of the job of an assistant, but only in the graphic design realm. So I think that's a really important distinction that we get to make now. And you mentioned before too, when we were talking in the pre-chat, someone who deals specifically with insurance billing. Yes. You know, a lot of us now with cash practices, it's just not an issue. But if that, again, if that's a good part of your practice, just having someone who's dedicated to that is possible. So you can have all these different things and you can pay people different amounts based on the skill set that's required for the job that they're doing. So how did you go about finding your assistant? Because she sounds awesome. And like she came to you with a certain skill set already, I'm assuming, Nope. She is, she's a chiropractic student. So she, I don't know if she was a patient as a teenager. I can't remember now or whether she came to us looking for chiropractic care. And oh, by the way, I also just got accepted to chiropractic college. So she started with us as a chiropractic student and we've had her now all through her chiropractic career as a student and she's going to be graduating this year. So I'm pretty sad about that, but I'm also beginning to look at all the different jobs that she does and now find somebody else who will be doing those jobs. So from the perspective of things like social media content, she definitely has that sense of what's important and where to dig for things. But I think that someone who gets your practice. So I always tell people when they're asking like, where do I go to find a good assistant? I always tell people advertise within your own practice first, right? If you're, if you have an ideal patient who's looking to make extra income and they're really, especially if they're excited about what you're doing and your whole approach to healthcare, they can make wonderful chiropractic assistants. And the actual skill set, I mean, Stacy, I don't know whether it's because she's young or she's just really ridiculously smart. Anything that I have taught her about things like ConvertKit and, you know, she can post anything on my website. If I told her, can you set up a landing page because we want to do some hiring for the team? She would be able to just, you know, within an hour, have a new landing page set up on the website. So 
but she had to be taught those things initially. And I taught them to her. So I think a lot of these things, the skills, and I don't mean to make this sound derogatory in any way, but these skills, they're not rocket science. It's just repetition. I think most people can learn it as long as they're shown how. And the other thing is everything that we've done with Stacy. And when I say we, I'm talking about me and my husband, we both use her. Everything we do with her, we get her to write up her own procedure for it and put it in the Dropbox file for our office procedures so that if, well, you know, if we have to train somebody next to do it, things like uploading Facebook videos to the YouTube channel, there is a procedure that's all written out. So I don't have to go and refigure out, okay, well, now in 2019, how do we upload Facebook videos? It's all done. It's all current. And she has made the notes on it. So that's sort of an important factor too. Once you teach them the skill, then having them document how they do it and making sure that it goes into a procedure makes it really helpful because as you know, chiropractic assistants don't always stay. And then you're in the onboarding process again. So um, when you said, how did you find someone with the skills? I would say it was a combination of luck and training. And I don't know, I mean, we looked for someone who would be able to fill the role that we wanted to fill. And I think they naturally came with a skill set because those were all things that we listed out. So here's another thing I've heard you talk about. When you are hiring an assistant, it's really important to know your perfect assistant avatar. Just like we talk about ideal patients, who is your ideal assistant? And be as specific as possible. Is it a man? Is it a woman? How old are they? Do they have kids? Are they past child-rearing age? What skill sets do you want them to have? And if you're going to have different assistants for different people, then you need to have the skill sets and the job expectations laid out for each of those positions. Yeah, this is all about starting this process from the start with the end in mind, essentially, because we often start things with like, we're just so flustered and overwhelmed, like someone, please just help me. (laughs) And you'll look for anyone who might be available in the hours that you need, um, regardless of what their skills are or what you really know you need or want for the long term. But if you can slow down a little bit, and this is why I really encourage you to think about finding some support before you feel like you really, really have to have it so that you can slow down and really think about where do you want this person to help you go with your business? That brings up the point that I've heard you share, Shauna, which is that the person on your team who helped you get here may not be the person who will help you get there. Yep. Can you talk a little bit more about what that means? Yeah. So, and I I guess I can use an example. When I think about our first assistants in our office, they're, they're not the assistant that we have now. Um, You know, the people who we took on in the beginning when we were at say 50 or 80 patient visits a week, they would not have the capacity. They just simply wouldn't have the skill set or capability, or they did not have the skill set or capability to be able to go beyond say double that. And what we would find is they would begin to start feeling stress, overwhelm, um, that feeling of, I don't want to go into work today. Or like, I think for them, it was because they were good at what they did. They felt like, I'm not as good at this as I used to be. 
and it, this is just not working out so well anymore. And then, you know, we'd have conversation around that and we'd eventually have to find somebody new. And when you bring in somebody new and they're at 150 patient visits a week as they're like, that's their beginning. It's very different. And, and then if for whatever reason, our patient volume had dropped back down to 80, they would feel like they wanted to scratch their eyeballs out from boredom. So it's, it's those set points that you have and people who are great and comfortable at a certain volume, they are not necessarily going to be great and comfortable when your volume builds. And as long as you can understand that and keep your eyes open for it and have that open dialogue around it, then you just have to know that someone who is awesome at 80 patient visits a week is not necessarily going to be awesome at 300 patient visits a week with multiple practitioners. Yeah. So you can either add somebody in, or I think often what will happen is they will leave. They will push themselves out. They'll resign. And then you're finding someone who, who can, on their own, handle that kind of volume. And then you can add in other team members to support them. So do you think that you should wait until that person is at a point where they're not happy with their job anymore and they quit? Or should we be proactive and potentially replace them? or change their job and, and maybe create a new job position for them if we want to keep them on our team because we love their skills or their strengths in another area. Yeah, I think it really depends on what's going on. Um, and, you know, perhaps that's a whole other podcast episode, but I think that creating a culture for your team where you can have open dialogue about these things, where an assistant feels comfortable enough to be able to come to you and talk about how they're feeling before it's a bomb that's dropped in your lap. And then really there's a few different options that are available. I remember years ago, a coach telling me that if your assistant is not doing what they're supposed to be doing, usually the biggest problem is that you've stopped training them. So yeah. that would be the first thing to do is to really go back and make sure that you are supporting them and giving them what they need in order to do their job. And honestly, I think, I think when assistants become unhappy and they quit, I bet you the majority of the time it's because we as practitioners, we sort of train them once and then we let them do their thing and we never continued. And training is an ongoing thing. It should be happening in my opinion, every week in your office. Yep. So making sure that we are investing in them and that they have the skills that they need and that if they're struggling in a certain area, that we go back to the basics and figure out where's the gap. And, oh man, they appreciate it so much when you take the time to say, I, I see you, I see what's going on with you and I care enough about you to give you some time to figure out how can we get through this together. So that's one option. Like you said, another option is to bring in another team member to take some things off their plate that they just simply aren't good at or they don't like or they, they just don't have the time to do anymore and find someone else who can come in and support them. And then if it's still not working or maybe they're just not great at doing their job anymore and you've, you've given them enough chances and please make sure if people aren't doing their jobs, make sure you document from a legal standpoint, you have to cover your butt at that point that may be a time where you need to let them go or you need to let them let go. Yes. So we come back to the original question and topic that we started today with, which is when to hire an assistant. I think if we were to give you a basic guideline, it's roughly between 50 to 60 office visits a week. And that's considering that you've got some 
leeway with having someone support you at a distance or having someone support you in the office. Um, And that it may not necessarily mean you have to hire an employee. It could be a contractor who just you, you have available to delegate tasks to, and they have a certain number of hours that they work each week or each month for you. And they can take some of the task, maybe not all the task yet off of your plate. So that's a great place to start. I think that it's also valid to say, if you're feeling overwhelmed at any point in your practice, that you have to consider, do you have too much on your plate? And is it time to hire someone to help support you? Or do you need to just start deleting things, deleting some of your expectations? Because overwhelm is not a great place to grow from. And in fact, being overwhelmed is really inhibitory to your growth and your practice and just you as a person. So if you're seeing a hundred offices it's a week and it's been working for you all the way up until like 90 and you, you know, you increase from 90 to hundred and now you're like, nope, this is too much. This is too crazy. Then it's time. But if you're on the other end of the spectrum, maybe you're seeing 30 patients a week and you're feeling overwhelmed and burdened by that load, then maybe it's time there. So you've got to be smart and really listen to how you're feeling and what you need, not necessarily what works for everybody else. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there is no formula for it. Everybody's going to be a little different and it depends on the style of practice you have. But I think one of the other issues that we need to bring up with this is the financial side of it. It's an investment. (coughs) Yes. When you take on an assistant, I think it's important that you have the income to be able to support it. Otherwise, what happens is it becomes so stressful taking on that extra financial responsibility of another person. And so that's where you have to really know your numbers. And all the times that we've talked about statistics, where we've talked about knowing, are you, are you actually making money? What is your income per visit? What is your cost per visit? And do you have the profit to support a brand new expense is so, so important. And I believe that you should be at, financially, you should be at a point in your practice where your practice already where you're at can support the addition of an assistant and still have some buffer area in there. You know, Craig and I were talking this morning about, you know, just the CEO responsibilities in a practice. And One of the things I I think doesn't get talked about enough, and it's really relevant when we're talking about an assistant, is every time you take on more of a CEO role. So hiring team is a CEO role. There's a cost that is in addition to the cost of the actual person or the service or the thing or whatever, right? So you're taking on an expense hiring an assistant, but you also have to give the time and energy to onboarding that person and to training them properly and to making sure, well, now that you have team, you need to have team meetings. There's an extra amount of time in a week. And in order for that not just to be time that's added to your plate, you have to dish off something else. That's where perhaps you have someone who can help with meal preparation. So there's an added cost to that. Maybe that's where you decide now I need to have my house cleaned because I don't want to spend that extra three hours cleaning my house every week. And there's a cost to that. So there's the cost, but then there's also the cost. And 
That's why I say it's important to have that buffer to make sure that you can not only pay for the assistant, but pay for the cost to your life that it's going to cost you to bring on an extra team member and bring yourself more into that CEO role. Does that make sense what I'm saying, Danielle? It totally does. Because what you're saying is that hiring someone means that you will need to commit time to training that person and, and continue to train that person. Because we don't just do it one time and then think that the job is done. We have to now continually on an ongoing basis be in the CEO role with that person. So because we have to give time to that, we've got to let go or say no to something else. And that something else could be um, an income producing activity, which means patient care time or something else, right? So um, it's costing your time and your energy no matter what. But in the ideal scenario, the person that you find is the right person. And because you've invested that time in them, they actually help you grow your, your, your profit and your practice regardless. Yeah. So all this is to say (laughs) that this is a lot to to navigate through, especially on your own. And we're not experts in HR, but if you are in this phase of practice right now where you know that you need to make some changes, you know that you need to delegate some tasks, you know you need more automation, those are the things that we can help you with. And if you are in the ramp-up phase of practice, the Elevated Mastermind is the right solution for you. And again, as you heard at the beginning of this episode, you can find the application for Elevated at alignwoman.com forward slash Elevated. And the application deadline is January 31st. So you really don't want to wait to put your application in because spots are limited. And we start the first week of February. All right. So on that note, thanks so much for listening today as you do every week. We will be back next week with a new episode. So be sure to join us then. In the meantime, if you know a woman in chiropractic who you think would love this podcast, then be sure to share it with her and let her know why you think that she should listen. We'll see you next week. Take care. Thank you for joining us today on the Aligned Women Podcast. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, we would love for you to head on over to iTunes and hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can join the community of amazing women doctors in our free private Facebook group, Mama Chiropractors, by going to alignedwomen.com slash mama chiropractors. And if you'd love to fast track your success in life and practice, subscribe to the waitlist for the Aligned Women team group coaching membership by going to alignedwomen.com forward slash join. Have an amazing day and we look forward to seeing you next time on the Aligned Women podcast. 